There was a bumper sticker I used to see around Boise back in the early 90s. It said, Don't Californicate Idaho. You can still buy it online, but I haven't seen it in the wild in maybe 25 years. I think conservative Idahoans lost some of their fear of Californians when they realized it largely wasn't the hippie liberals leaving the Golden State for the Gem State. It was conservatives trying to get away from the hippie liberals. But there was another bumper sticker I used to see around the same time period that I also hadn't spotted for a long time. Then, just a few months ago, I was surprised to see it in the back window of a newish sedan heading toward downtown on State Street. It said, Welcome to Idaho. Now go home. I'm Adam Cotterell, and this is Some of the Parts, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. This show is about small groups of people that make up Idaho. So how can we do an episode about how newcomers to the state are received? Pew Research classifies states as magnetic or sticky, depending on if a state tends to attract newcomers or keep its natives. Very few states do both. And Idaho is definitely magnetic and not sticky. According to Pew, nearly 60% of Idaho residents were born out of state. Not exactly a small group. And we can't focus on Californians, who I mentioned earlier. For at least the last decade, 10 or 11,000 Californians a year moved to Idaho. That's rivaled only by Washington, which has a very porous border with North Idaho. After that, Idaho gets a few thousand new residents a year from each of its other immediate neighbors. Most other states lose a few hundred people a year to Idaho. But there's one part of the country that apparently hasn't heard of Idaho the Northeast. Even populous states like New Jersey and Massachusetts only have double-digit annual immigration to Idaho. So I could talk to a Northeasterner. If only I could find one. It's not really difficult for me. I just have to turn around. Not figuratively. I mean, I just have to swivel in my chair. Squeak. It doesn't actually make any noise when I swivel. Squeak. Hey, Lacey. Hey, Lacey. Hey, Lacey. Oh, hey. Are you testing sound level? No. You want to be in a podcast? Yeah, I want to be in a podcast. Where are you from? I'm from Buffalo. Buffalo, that's a small town in South Dakota. Oh, no. Isn't that in Wyoming? No, I'm from Buffalo, New York. But I can't just say New York because people around here just think the city. Do you have time right now? You want to go in the studio? Yeah, let's do it. Lacey Daly's desk is behind mine in the Boise State Public Radio newsroom. She's our digital content coordinator and a rare creature for Idaho, a Northeasterner. Although maybe I'm cheating a bit, New York sees more people move to Idaho than all the other Northeast states combined, a few hundred a year. Plus, Buffalo is so far west in New York that some people consider it Midwestern. But she's only 27 seconds away from a studio, so she's a Northeasterner. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. All right. My whole spiel? All right. My name is Lacey Daly. Although studios are only helpful if you know how to use them. That was not actually the level that I just needed to turn the headphones up. <laughs> Lacey came to Idaho for grad school. She liked it and decided to stay. It seems like you're kind of a permanent transfer now. You're a homeowner. You're, you're an Idahoan now. I don't know if I am, though. Like, uh, people still point out the ways in which I'm not and perhaps will never be, but I like it enough to stay and to have purchased a home. Um, and I don't have plans on going back east. Like, I feel like I fit in here more than I ever did back home, which is really strange to say. I, I guess that's the biggest thing I want to talk to you about is feeling 
like an Idahoan? You know, how you feel about being an Idahoan and how other Idahoans feel about you? I know my friends who I met when I first came out here who are both Idaho natives, I'm speaking of two in particular, um, they will never let me think that I'm ever like a native. I mean, I can love Idaho, I can love Boise, but I don't know if I can ever like, I don't know. Do you think Idahoans, people who were born and raised or, or raised here, do you think they have a hard time accepting transplants? Uh, maybe not to your face, but I think like somewhere deep down there is some feeling of wanting to preserve kind of, you know, what makes Idaho Idaho and does have a lot to do with the people. And perhaps in taking all these transplants, you're risking the identity of Idaho. And especially if you're taking them from big metropolises like California and New York. Like I know how people feel about Californians here, but I don't think that they're as keen of New Yorkers. Like maybe if I was from Oregon, I, that'd be cooler. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, I'm not from the Mountain West, the, the Northwest. And, and so maybe there's some fear of uh, like just us infiltrating and eventually outnumbering what it means to be like an Idahoan. For months, I asked these kinds of questions to everyone I met who moved to Idaho as an adult, and I meet a lot of them. Most people said they have a feeling that born and raised Idahoans will always see them to a certain extent as outsiders, no matter how long they live here. They say Idahoans are friendly and welcoming, but at the same time see newcomers as somehow other. I would love to know how native Idahoans feel like, like somebody like me, my particular situation, like how I've moved here and I feel like completely committed to the mission statement, if you will, of what it means to live here and, and do here and, and contribute to here. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know where they would draw those lines. I don't know if I can ever like, I just want them to like me. <laughs> <laughs> I also talked with a lot of native Idahoans about this. A few said they didn't know what I was talking about. They don't think of transplants any differently than they think about natives. But most admitted, yeah, at the back of their mind, they always see transplants as different from them. I've come to think of it as a mental box. When native Idahoans look at the world, some people have faint lines drawn around them labeled, not from here. Or if you've seen The Terminator, you know how when cyborg assassins from the future look at people, words appear in their vision, giving them information. This is your target. This person's clothes will fit you, so take them. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Some Idahoans' visual readouts always faintly flash outsider when talking with Lacey or other transplants. Since Lacey is speaking for all Northeasterners, and, well, why not, all newcomers to Idaho, I wanted one person to speak for all the people born and raised in Idaho. So I looked for volunteers on the Twitter. I said I was doing a story about how native Idahoans see newcomers and if newcomers can ever really become Idahoans. Someone tweeted back right away in all caps, no, they are always the other. Always the other, yes. I'm mostly kidding. Mostly kidding. Jane Gordon's law firm is on the border of downtown Boise. When you go in the front door, you're downtown, but her office window looks down on a quiet residential neighborhood. Gordon's family has been in the Boise area for generations on her mom's side, though her dad didn't come to Idaho until he was a teenager. She brings up a different bumper sticker from the ones I remember. Idaho sucks, tell the Californian. We saw those a lot, actually, when I was in law school up in Moscow. 
that was far more recent than the ones I saw in the 90s. So maybe Idaho has not gotten over its thing about Californians as much as I thought. Of course, Gordon married one, and she doesn't let him forget that he's not an Idahoan. I'll just say in the Saturday Night Live way, like, oh yeah, you're from California. Yeah. I made fun of my husband when we went over a cattle grate, and he didn't know what it was and thought we had hit something in the road. <laughs> and he put his head down and assumed the full, like, crash position. Gordon says she jokes about the divide between native Idahoans and newcomers a lot, but she was a little hesitant to talk with me about it. I just didn't want to come out looking like I'm racist against people who move here. <laughs> or statist, I guess, against people who move here. Is there a word? I mean, what? Well, I guess it would be bigoted. But like there's... Idahoist. Oh, Idahoist. I like, I like that. that. Yeah, let's make that happen. Idahoist. Okay. Yeah, we're going to make that happen. To be clear, when we're talking here about people being Idahoist, Yep, it's a word now. We're mostly talking about white people moving in next door to other white people, often with nearly identical socioeconomic or religious or political backgrounds. If we were talking right now about people of color moving to Idaho or someone from a minority religion or any other big difference, we would add multiple layers of complexity. I mean, a lot of Idahoans are Idahoist against people whose only difference is what part of this country they're from. So... I have my mental box and Terminator imagery for the Idahoist mindset. Gordon and I spend a long time trying to hash out exactly how native Idahoans, including her, see transplants. There's no maliciousness yeah. to it. Yeah. There's no, like, harm. You're not trying to harm somebody. The whole view of newcomers. I, I, don't, right. I don't think it's malicious, it but like I think they're, it's... They're another, but they're, they're, they're equal but different. <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I that's still that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, different but equal. Yeah, we might just actually just do that subconsciously. I don't think that I, besides my Twitter jokes, obviously, um, I don't think that I treat people not from Idaho any different, but maybe there is a different relation just knowing that someone didn't grow up here. So I think it is pretty common. I don't think we do it on purpose. I think it just happens. This whole topic is kind of squishy. It's not scientific. I talked to a lot of people, but it was nothing like a proper survey. I'm making a lot of broad assertions here, and that's thinking about it generously. A less generous person might just say I'm talking out of my ass, though we wouldn't use language like that in a family podcast. So I wanted a scientist. But nobody seems to study this exactly. I found sociologists at universities all over the country who study the experiences of people moving from other countries to the U.S. And I talked with a few of those. But I couldn't find anybody who studies people moving from one state or U.S. region to another. But Syed Ali was willing to extrapolate from what he knows and try to apply it to our topic. Ali teaches sociology at Long Island University in New York and is editor of Context Magazine, a publication of the American Sociological Association. He studies international migration, Indians in Dubai, Turks in Europe, people from Muslim-majority countries in the U.S. Ali says he's not at all surprised that some Idaho natives draw a mental box of otherness around transplants. Whenever you have new people moving in, they're moving into an already established community and already established ways of doing things. And they can either, you know, kind of do their own thing, in which case they're seen as the other and not assimilating, or they can try and be like 
those people. But even after 20, 30 years, you know, someone from California moves to Idaho, it's very unlikely that they'll be seen as Idahoan. It's a common attitude, but not universal. There's definitely a continuum of how much it matters where a person is from. I heard from a lot of people who said they've lived places in the U.S. where nobody cared at all where anyone was from. A sociologist at a big California university I spoke with said where she grew up in Missouri, people cared a lot where other people were from. Then she lived in Seattle, where it only mattered a little, and where she lives now, it doesn't matter at all. Ollie has a hypothesis about why a place might land on one spot on that spectrum or another. I think it's about the volume of the flows of people. So some places see almost no newcomers move in. And some places have huge numbers of people coming in really fast. The places where it matters the least where someone comes from often have the highest volume of immigration. Ollie uses his home as an example, New York. That's the Big Apple, not Buffalo this time. New York has had high volumes of immigrants for a few centuries. But for most of that time, it wasn't fast enough to swallow up the group of people who were born there and who thought that they were the only real New Yorkers. Each successive group, Irish, Italian, Eastern European Jews, could be added into the native New York identity, and the second or third generations could think that if you weren't born there, you weren't a real New Yorker. But in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, Ali says, immigration to New York from a bunch of different countries and from inside the U.S. got so fast, the New Yorker identity changed. We can't define ourselves anymore by food or by accent. The cultural traits become a more kind of abstract idea. I'm a New Yorker because, well, I'm in New York. Ollie says there are probably people who still think you have to be born there to be a real New Yorker, but there are so few of them that most people will never run into one. So in New York, people are comfortable thinking of themselves as New Yorkers after just living there for a while. Though Idaho has had rapid in-migration, Ollie says it probably hasn't been fast enough yet to overwhelm the Idahoists. But Idaho isn't on the extreme of this spectrum. I lived for a while in small-town Alabama, where people were friendly and kind and welcoming to me, but I got the distinct impression that if I settled down there, I and my future children and possibly my grandchildren would always be seen as outsiders. Jane Gordon has family in western Massachusetts. Remember, her dad moved to Idaho as a teenager. She visited them a lot when she was young and even went to college near them. There's a saying in New England, a cat can have kittens in the oven, but that don't make them biscuits. And that means you can be born in New England, but that doesn't mean you're like a New Englander. Man, that's hardcore. I got a variety of opinions from my Idahoist natives. Some said if you came here anytime before you were an adult, you could be an Idahoan. Some said you had to come as a child. Some said you had to be born here. But even the most Idahoist agreed being born here was enough. If you're born in an oven in Idaho, you're a potato biscuit. Though, that makes things awkward for me sometimes. When I'm doing interviews for stories, people will often volunteer the information that they were born and raised in Idaho. Sometimes I have no idea why they're telling me this. I guess they just want it known. But often the statement, I was born and raised in Idaho, is followed by a pointed look that I interpret as, were you? And I say, um, well, uh, I grew up here. But I can't say I was born here because my parents went out of state for grad school. Not California, though. It wasn't California. 
And even though I don't remember anything before Idaho, and even though my family has been here since before statehood, I mean, there are geologic and geographic features in Idaho that bear my somewhat unusual last name, and that is not a coincidence. I have moments of feeling like an outsider, since I can't claim, I don't know what to call it, a birthright. So thanks, Mom and Dad. Thanks a lot for trying to get an education so you could provide for your family. Sometimes you're so selfish. Anyway, tirade over. Gordon calls this I was born and raised here bragging thing hazing for newcomers. And you'll see like biographies on company web pages. X person's family has been here for X generations. People here love that. But I don't think it's, I hope they're not doing it, like that they think they're actually better because of it. Lacey Daly knows what I mean by people volunteering that they were born and raised in Idaho for no apparent reason. I wonder if the people who do kind of tout that, if they're trying to say something without saying it, you know what I mean, about what kind of values they were raised under or something like that. Okay, but if you move here as an adult, can you become an Idahoan? Some said yes. Most said you can at least come close to it. Maybe the box around you in Idahoist minds becomes really faint, or their Terminator readout only occasionally flashes outsider. So what do you have to do to become accepted by Idaho natives? Here's Lacey Daly's guess. Buy a Subaru? <laughs> I don't know. I am unfamiliar with that particular stereotype about Idahoans. Maybe it's just Boiseans. But apparently doing stereotypically Idaho things can help. Here are some things to try from natives and newcomers I've badgered about this. Be outdoorsy. Take up camping or hunting or fishing. I'm told it helps. Be nice. Seriously, I heard this from the born and raised Idahoans and the transplants. Smiling at strangers, nodding to people on the street is apparently very Idahoan. Sociologist Syed Ali says places where a native population is a strong cultural force are characterized by pressure to conform. So doing stereotypical stuff can help. It's a community of church-going people and you join the church, right? Or the main thing to do there is fish, you fish. But he says assimilation is really hard in a place like Idaho. To be from a place, to have grown up there, you know all these little ticks. They're little ticks of language and things that we do and all these things that the newcomer, they'll probably never learn fully. So he says, according to his research and research from others in the field, there's one thing that is the most helpful in becoming accepted in a place with a lot of barriers, like Idaho. Make friends with natives, like real, actual friends. When you're friends, as opposed to just coworkers or kind of neighbors where you say hi and bye, then you'll learn how to be Idahoan in a way that people who don't have those kinds of friendship ties they can't be. There are things that happen inside the home that if you're not privy to that, you just never can learn it. The way to do it is to really interact in an informal way. And I think for adults, it's, it's really hard because where do you find the time? Let's check in with Buffalonian Lacey Daly on this. I do have friends here who are Native, but like on a regular basis, like if I distill my month and my weekends down to the people that I spend them with, we're all transplants. <laughs> I don't like saying that because that sounds like I, I don't know how to like assimilate. Sorry, Lacey. Syed says you've got to try harder. The person who's from Buffalo and only hangs out with people who are from not Idaho, 
she'll live in Idaho, but she won't be culturally Idahoan. Of course, Lacey's situation is really, really common. It's hard to break into the circles of people who are, who are already there. And if there's enough of you who can't break into it, then you kind of come together. You have that in common. It's like, oh, you're, you're not from here. Well, I'm not from here either. Let's go get a drink. Curiously, although Lacey's social circle is all transplants, it doesn't include anyone else from the Northeast. I asked Jane Gordon if she knows any Northeasterners here, and it really bugs her that she can't think of many. There's the roommate of an acquaintance. I'm really focusing on this Northeast thing. I mean, in law school, we had, we had one kid from Massachusetts who came to U of I. So Ali says the surest way for a newcomer to be accepted by native Idahoans is to become friendly enough with them to spend time in their homes. A little practical anthropology. But I got a different response from people in Idaho. Apparently, the quickest way to be truly accepted by Idahoans is to have kids. I heard this from people with and without kids, natives and newcomers. You're an outsider, then you have a child, and boom, you're in. When I ran that by Gordon, Ali, and Daly, they all responded about the same. It makes sense. That makes total sense. I can see that. I mean, I think having kids makes people more likable in general, especially to other people who have children. Pretty much anywhere you have children, and that will help you root yourself into a community. The children are kind of wedged to get in. People want to have their children interact with other children. And, you know, it's a great way for the adults then to be able to assimilate, right? The children are the, right, they're, they're the, they're the front line for it. I saw something at the farmer's market and it was, you know, a painting and it said, you know, I don't know if it was Boise or Idaho, but something native. And I was like, huh, I can't buy that until I have a kid here. But what if you don't ever want to have kids? That, Lacey, is a perfectly valid life choice, but it's not going to help you get accepted by Idahoans. Of course, it's also a valid choice to live in Idaho and not give a damn whether born and raised Idahoans accept you or not. So what does it matter that some Idahoans put a mental box around transplants? Well, the only research I found about people moving from state to state and assimilating or not came from Pew about a decade ago. The authors told me it had been so long since they thought about the topic, they wouldn't even talk to me about the study. But it was about the idea of feeling that the place you live is your home. A lot of Americans live in a place that they don't think of as their home. For some, home will always be where they grew up, but others move somewhere and come to think of it quickly or slowly as their home. The Idaho transplants I talked with mostly said that the biggest factor in coming to think of Idaho as home was just how long they had been here. But the Pew study says it has more to do with other things, like social networks, the newcomer's attitude toward the place, and friendships. Maybe a place where it's hard to feel accepted is harder to come to think of as your home. Lacey Daly has wondered when exactly Idaho will become home in her mind. Often, it's when people ask the question I asked her. Where are you from? I still answer Buffalo. I wonder what I would say in 10 years. If somebody, you know, I'm on a plane going to somewhere tropical and they said, where are you from? Not where are you coming from or where, you know what I mean? But like asking a question about like me as a person. I don't know when that would change. Saying that I'm from here gives up a little bit of where I came from. And I'm certainly okay with doing that, but I think it's more like of a subconscious thing of like when you're really ready to say that. Most of the time I've been working on this story, I've thought of the Idahoist mindset as bad. 
When people think of some group as the other, it can often lead to negative results. Though I think for most native Idahoans who see transplants as the other, it's as benign an otherness as is possible. It wasn't until I was sitting in Jane Gordon's office that it occurred to me that Idahoism might, in fact, be good. If you're from here, you're proud of it. So I just assume that most people really like where they're from. Maybe I'm projecting my feelings. But I think most people like where they grew up, and I think where they grew up has a lot to do with who they are. Where people are from, that's part of their story of who they are. So I think it's good to notice that. It's not bad. Unless you're shunning them for it. <laughs> Gordon got me thinking about why so many people moved to Idaho. The thousands of Californians or the dozens of Northeasterners. I think a lot of them are coming from places where nobody cares at all where someone is from. Maybe living in a place that natives are fiercely proud of is appealing. Maybe Idahoans' protectiveness of their Idahoanness is part of the draw. Or maybe I'm trying to force a silver lining. Maybe it's just an annoying thing people put up with, a price to pay for the clean mountain streams and wide open spaces. Anyway, our token Northeasterner, Lacey Daly, has started occasionally thinking of herself as an Idahoan, notably last year when she was trying to buy a house. And of course, we were doing it when the market is booming. And it was super competitive, and I think we ended up making five or six offers, and we kept getting beat out in two or three different instances, but all cash offers from California. And I was getting so frustrated with the process because, and this is me just kind of projecting, because it could have been families who want to move here, but I was getting pissed because I was like, these are people who have a shit ton of money from California, and they're coming here, and they're just buying property to rent out, and that property is going to go to waste because... Rentals never turn out. Nobody ever takes care of them. So there goes a nice piece of property, and these people are just going to benefit from it in an economy that is nothing local. You know what I mean? And that was frustrating to me as somebody who wants to live here permanently and is working here and wants to give back that I couldn't find a place for myself. You know what I mean? I couldn't keep up with the Joneses in a sense, and the Joneses weren't even from here. So, Northeasterners, if you want to become an Idahoan and you don't want to take up fishing or have children, maybe try disliking Californians. Forget having common interests. Nothing brings people together like shared hatred. Some of the Parts is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Adam Cotterell. I write it and produce it. Paul Stribling oversees the project. Lacey Daly, when she's not starring in podcast episodes, is Boise State Public Radio's digital content coordinator, spending her days coordinating digital content, including but not limited to this. Our theme song is by Up Is The Down Is The, logo designed by Julia Green Illustration. Thanks to Craig Shaw from the Idaho Department of Labor for providing numbers on who moves to Idaho from where. Thanks also to sociologists Susan Brown from UC Irvine and Rebecca Som Castellano from Boise State. And a big thanks to all the native Idahoans and transplants who talked with me about becoming Idahoan, or not becoming Idahoan. This song, this one right here, is by Boise band Hillfolk Noir. You know, when Jane Gordon agreed to be in this podcast, it didn't have a name yet, but she graciously offered to think of one. Idahoist. Oh, Idahoist. I like, I like that. that. Yeah, let's make that happen. Idahoist. Okay. Yeah, we're going to make that happen. In the end, we went with some of the parts. Well, now,
Next time on the podcast, LGBT people experience homelessness in much higher numbers than the general population. And Idaho is not an exception. If I want to be Freya, I cannot stay at the mission. I cannot be Freya and stay there. Because Freya is a woman. That episode available starting May 11th on Some of the Parts.